did you see this? Like whenever he starts talking about outsourcing, he like sits up straighter, his voice gets louder and he's like all passionate. My husband is finding out that that's not me being aggressive. That's me being passionate. You put me right in my wheelhouse where I'm like, oh, you want me to get people in the seats? I can do that. <laughs> I can't help it. It's exciting. It's fun. BRB, going to outsourceschool.com. Ooh, you guys need to go here. It's fantastic. I'm going to have to try this out. No, you I mean, are. Like, it's crazy. I, absolutely. I think you just... Uh, solved all my problems in life, Nathan, <laughs> at least all of the problems with me not being able to do enough. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Nathan knows what he's doing. I'm telling you. Welcome to the messy back end of entrepreneurship. This is Mark deal of podcast editor Academy and podcast guest Academy. We all know that the back end is where most businesses fail. This is the podcast about cleaning up the messy back end so you can save time, make money, and succeed. I felt it myself due to people, processes, and platforms. And now here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. Did you know that outsourcing started back in 1989? Now more than ever, outsourcing has become a regular part of business. Even offline businesses are struggling to figure out this process as so many of us are working from home, even in the corporate world. Stephen Covey said, outsourcing is inevitable, and I don't think it's necessarily treating people like things. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Nathan Hirsch, who's a pro when it comes to outsourcing. Nathan is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring. Most recently, Nathan co-founded FreeUp in 2015 with an initial $5,000 investment, scaled it to 12 million per year in revenue and was then acquired in 2019. Today, Nathan is co-founder of Outsource School, a company working to educate entrepreneurs on how to effectively hire and scale with virtual assistants through formulas and playbooks. Nathan has appeared on over 300 podcasts, is a social media personality, and loves sharing advice on scaling remote business. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the Messy Backend Exposed, our expert Nathan will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but he will also expose some simple tricks to finding and working more effectively with your outsourced providers. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to submit your story or question for our experts, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We're fast approaching episode 100, so we wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, 
our embarrassing, messy backend bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Nathan Hirsch, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. So today we have a messy back-end question submitted by one of our listeners. I'm in that stage of business where I need help, but I just don't know how to find it or how to manage people who aren't in my office, especially with the way the world is. I'm finding that outsourcing is the best option for me. Help? Where do I start and how can I make it work? And outsourcing is definitely the, the solution to, to that problem. I mean, I to give a little background, I had an office back when, when I was younger and it was probably one of the worst business decisions I, I ever made. I, I felt like I had a nine to five job for myself. It was expensive to, to get people to relocate. And when I went remote from there, it was a pretty big learning curve. And I was also hiring virtual assistants for the first time, working with someone out of the Philippines for the first time. And, and there's a lot of stuff that, that goes with it. And it's definitely a loaded question as well. But the biggest kind of advice that I can give in terms of finding the right person is don't just focus on their skill set. That's one part of it. But their attitude and their communication, especially their communication since you're working remote, is so important to the hiring process. We call our hiring, our interview process, the, the CARE interview method, C-A-R-E, which stands for communication, attitudes, red flags, and experience. Because throughout the entire time you're interviewing someone remote, you want to be focused on what are the red flags? What is this person showing me that they don't have the experience I need them to? They can't communicate in the way I want them to, or they don't have the right attitude for my business. And from there, when you find the right person, it's all about setting really detailed expectations. Are they on Slack when they're working? What is their schedule? What is expected of them from a task-wise or from a management side? So getting 100% on the same page before you actually start work is really that step that, that most entrepreneurs skip and it comes back to bite them. Yeah, no question. When I was teaching virtual assistants, the most important thing, you know, they'd always come out and like, ask all of these questions. And my very first thing was, are you communicating with them? Because, you know, they weren't getting paid or they weren't getting work or they were getting fired. And I'm like, well, did you talk to them? Are you in communication with them? Um, in 2000, I believe it was um, 2008, I think my oldest, one of my daughters got really, really sick. You, you both may remember that he, she got really, really sick. And I was in now the hospital with her for nine months. We almost lost her in during that time. I had several clients who had work that was due within that first two weeks time. And I contacted every one of them every week. They all waited six to eight months and some of them even contributed to her GoFundMe. So communication is the top deal. I mean, you gotta make sure you know how they communicate, when to communicate, what types of communication, which communication to charge for and which communication not to charge for too, as a VA and as a user what are you paying for? Because if you know, there are people who actually will text you or email you constantly and don't expect to be charged for it and vice versa. 
Yeah, communication is everything. I mean, when we started the, the free up marketplace, we made it very clear with all the VAs, all the freelancers on the platform that if you don't communicate, you're gone. It's the fastest way to get kicked off the platform. Now, communication doesn't mean you're available 24 seven instantly all the time, but it does mean, like you said, if, if you're dealing with personal issues, you communicate that with the client. If you are, are leaving for a week or you need a holiday off, you communicate that. If you respond within a business day, you establish when you're working, how quick your response time is and all that kind of goes into good communication. And it doesn't matter what someone's skill and attitude is. If they can't communicate at a high level, it's going to be really frustrating for both sides. I love that. Now, something that you said earlier, Nathan, is it's really important in that hiring process to do the care method. And then you said, most entrepreneurs don't know this. And that resonated with me. Uh, Sheila was like, oh, no, I totally resonate. You know, I understand hiring and everything. You know what? I don't. I've maybe hired a couple of contract workers under me here or there, but I don't have any experience with hiring a team or, you know, building my own entire company. Um, what would you recommend is kind of like the first or rather the big picture? I know, I know you're saying it's like care about the, the communication style. What would I need to look for? Like, I don't even know the right communication style. You say they need to communicate correctly. But, but what is that? Tell don't me a little know bit what more. You don't know is what you're right. About. I don't know you what don't I don't know. What know. question to ask? Yeah. I don't know how to ask this question, Nathan. But uh, <laughs> no, you're an expert, you. so hopefully you've got it. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that, that I'm sharing now, we teach at a high level in outsource school and outsource school is really based on our hiring experience for the past five to 10 years. And one of the things that, that we learned that a lot of people are shocked by is we don't do any of our interviews via Zoom. We don't do voice calls. We don't do video calls unless that actually has to do with whatever role the virtual assistant's doing. Like we hire VAs for, for very advanced stuff. We have VAs that do sales calls. If you go to outsourceschool.com, you can book a, a video call with someone on my team. Not That's not your average virtual assistant. But outside of those rare things that don't happen very often that require voice and video, most virtual assistants that you work with are going to be communicating to you via email and, and via Slack. So we do all our interviews on Slack. They're normally short, they're 30 to 45 minutes. But what that allows you to do is you can see how quickly someone's responding to you. Because if someone's taking five minutes to respond to every single question, maybe they're distracted, maybe they don't understand, maybe they have bad internet. And wait until you have five VAs that you're trying to run a meeting on Slack and all of them are taking forever to respond. It's a disaster. And you can also see, hey, can they understand what I'm saying? Can I understand what they're saying? Can we get on the same page? Are they answering questions directly? So communication isn't necessarily a, a question you ask like, hey, do you know how to communicate? It's you watch them through that Slack hiring process to see if you're getting on the same page and if this is someone you're actually going to be able to work with from a communication side going forward. One of the ways I actually met one of my very favorite VAs was I thought I was talking to a real estate agent. And I was actually talking to a VA. And she, so she knew who I was because she's seen me coaching in the VA world. And so then she messaged me and he's like, do you know that that's me you're talking to? If you're speaking to someone whose English is better than yours and they live in the Philippines, you can't, you know, that's a good sign. So you want to make sure they can, um, like you said, understand what you're saying and you can understand what they're saying. But I think one of the most important things, Nate and Nathan, is that understanding how you like to communicate and making sure you get a VA that communicates the same way you do. There, there may be people who don't use Slack. I have had VAs who really just struggle with Slack 
So I just found another way because I really like their skill. You set that communication expectations, what you do. When am I going to hear back from my contracts when I was a VA actually said, I respond to emails during this time and that's it. If it's urgent, you know, then you get charged extra for the urgent, but just making sure that you understand the communication. And then I always test my VAs too. I always run my VAs through a test before I hire them. So I just have like super simple, short test, ask them a few questions, have them fill out a form, do a little chat, you know, and then I make sure my personality resonates with them because I'm too, I'm a real personable person that way, but. Yeah. And communication oh, yeah. is something that you can't let get off track. Mm-hmm. I, I remember with free up, you'd have someone who would come to me, a client, and they'd be like, yeah, my VA like hasn't been communicating for the past month. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, if that happened with me, all work stops, we take a step back, we get on the same page, we reset communication expectations. Only when we're on the same page, do you, we proceed forward with work. And if they don't communicate, all work is stopping again. And we're taking a step back and we're resetting expectations. Like we cannot work together, no matter how good you are at your projects, if you're not communicating. And that's really the expectation that, that I encourage people to take. But again, that's different than being available 24 seven. That should not be expected, but giving updates, knowing when people are working, responding within a business day, those are very standard defaults that you can set up. I love that. That, that really helped to clarify when you were talking about it. It's like, no, figure out what, yeah, that communication style is. I like that you brought up Slack because uh, that got me thinking. It's like, if you're working with a, a VA, they're not necessarily going to be there 24 seven, you know, people have lives. They have other things that they have to do. And a lot of times our com- communication back and forth is written. And so that makes sense now why you wouldn't necessarily interview over a Zoom call or a Skype call, because you're not going to be hopping on those calls every single time you talk to them. You're going to be sending them a quick message in Slack or an email. So that makes sense. Thanks for clarifying that, Nathan. Yeah. And the way we do it is we have three communication channels. We have Slack, we have email, and we have an emergency channel, either Facebook Messenger or Viber. And you don't have to use Slack. You can use Skype, uh, whatever, some messaging tool. And if someone's working, they have to be on the messaging tool. So so unless they message us and say, hey, I'm, I'm signing off Slack for two hours to like focus on this project or something like that. But outside of that, if they're working, they're on Slack, they're posting when they start, when they stop, when they change projects, when they have questions, if they take a break, all that's on Slack. Our meetings are on Slack. For email, that's for responses within a business day. If I need someone to do something urgent for me or I need to have a conversation with someone, I'm not sending them an email unless I'm not expecting a response within a business day. And then the emergency channel is there not to be abused, but if someone, if you can't get a hold of someone or let's say we had a developer and our software crashed on the weekend, we had to get a hold of them. We're not going to email them. We're not going to Slack them because it's the weekend. They're not going to respond. We're going to vibrate them and, and try to get a hold of them. So we set up those channels and then early on, we correct anything that's going wrong in those channels. So if someone's working but not on Slack, we would correct that. If someone is not responding to emails within a business day, if someone is vibering me at seven o'clock on a Friday night over something that's not urgent that they could have just sent me an email, I'm going to correct that. So you, you want to set the communication channels, have multiple channels, and then make sure people are following the channels how you want them. So that's the C of your care process. What's the A of your care process? So that's attitude. So for us, and this is a a very basic example, like we want someone who's passionate about what they do. If we hire a graphic designer, they should love being a graphic designer. They shouldn't just be a graphic designer because that's how they make money. And when when you find people that only care about money, 
that tends to backfire on you pretty quickly because there's always another client out there that can pay your VAs more money that, than you can. So you want to find people who, who have a number one priority of something else. It could be self-improvement or growth or being a part of a, a business that treats them like family or stability for their kids or whatever it is. It just money can't be that, that overall factor that that's what they care about, number one. That makes perfect sense in my mind because I've worked at jobs before where I had the attitude of, oh, money, that's that's the high priority thing. And then when the company started treating me differently or, you know, not valuing my family time or things like that, I went, oh, it's not actually really worth just the money. Whereas then when I work, when I've worked for companies that, you know, value me as an employee and treated me, you know, allowed that time off and those type of things, I go, oh, this makes more sense. Yeah. And, and that kind of translates to like down the line, turnover crushes businesses. You want to do everything possible to reduce turnover. The way to reduce turnover is not necessarily just throw money at people or pay them the most money. The way to reduce turnover is what we call our BARF method, which is we love acronyms. It's a kind of a funny acronym, but it stands for buying in, showing appreciation, creating a family inside your business and building a relationship. And so I think I flipped the R and the F there, but that, that's what people care about. That's the thing that's going to reduce turnover and build a great culture in your business. And what's eventually going to save you money down the line because turnover is expensive, and it's not like you don't have to pay people well, but when you have all the stuff around the money that, that is things that people like, giving them wins, giving them things that are good for them, that allows you to over time save money. For sure. I think, you know, we've actually talked about company culture on a couple of different episodes. It comes up in, you know, for different reasons, the hiring, the firing, the how do you keep your team motivated? How do you, you know, improve your services? And that means if you have a, a solid team underneath you, if you have a great foundation of a team and you're all going for the same thing, you all have the same passion, you all are, you know, trying to reach the same goals the energy that comes from that alone, you know, it improves everybody. Money is important and we all have to work for money, but we didn't start our businesses because we wanted money. We started our businesses because we're passionate about what we do. We love helping people. We love talking to people. We have this purpose and this drive. And unfortunately we do have to charge for that. And so if you can support the purpose and drive of your team and your employees, we have seen, you know, in all of the different messy backends we've been in, that that purpose and passion can really, you know, keep the team motivated and moving in the right direction. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, even if you flip it on the, the other side, like if you're a VA, would you rather work for a crazy client contacting you 24 seven that stresses you out, that pays you a little bit more, or would you rather make a little bit less and have a client that respects your boundaries and communicates and gives you a heads up when a big project's coming up and treats you well and builds a relationship with you. And I think nine times out of 10, you'd rather take that lowing, lower paying client. And it was the same thing, uh, flipping it around. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's a better lifestyle. So what is the next one that are of, uh, of caring? So that's red flags. So one of the, the big mistakes that, that people make when they're interviewing is they're looking for the right answers and people are pretty good at, at BSing the right answers. I, I remember I took a college class on, on how to interview. <laughs> it didn't really teach me how to do anything besides answer interview questions correctly. So that's kind of what you're up against as an entrepreneur. People have been asked the, the same interview questions for years that they're good at BSing. 
So your job during the interview process is not to look for the right answers. It's to look for all the right, the wrong answers, what we call the red flags. What is this person saying that shows me they don't have the attitude I want? They don't have the skills that I need or that they can't communicate at the level that I want. So that's kind of your heads up as you're going through to look out for things. And that doesn't necessarily mean if a red flag pops up, like interview over, I'm not hiring this person. But it does mean that you need to dig deeper and, and try to figure out, hey, is this a solution or is this a deal breaker? Let's say you're talking about schedule and you need someone to work, let's say, Tuesday to, to Sunday. And they say, hey, I have church on Sunday. Okay, that's a red flag. I needed someone on Sunday. But you dive deeper and that church schedule doesn't interfere with work. It's, it's at a time or they can take a break for an hour and go to church. So it's not a red flag after all. Or maybe vice versa it is and the schedule just doesn't work out. And so you, whenever those red flags pop up among attitude, communication, or experience, it's your cue to dive deeper and make sure that you have a solution for that before you proceed forward with the interview. I like that. It's not necessarily red flag interviews over, just find a solution before you proceed. That makes yeah. sense. And you want to value both people's time, right? Like if you get right. 10 minutes in an interview and you're like, Hey, this deal breaking thing is just not a fit. You're not going to interview them for another 30 minutes and say, Oh yeah, by the way, because of that one thing, like it's not going to work out. You, you say, Hey, you don't have to be rude about it, but you can be like, Hey, like, I want to respect your time. Like th this is what we need. It's clearly not a fit. Like let's move on. And, and we've ended lots of interviews like that. And other times you come up with a solution and you move forward. I think it's important to be super honest. It, this goes back to your communication too. Um, making sure that you are honest with someone. I've had to tell people in interviews, no, I don't think it's a good fit for the podcast or when I'm hiring virtual assistants. And they appreciate that because if it's not a good fit for you, it's not going to be for them. We have all hired people or worked for people or picked up clients that we regretted. And you, I do that like once a year. It's like a reminder, like, don't do this again. But of course, like once a year, I've done that. And I always pay for it in the end. And I don't just pay for it. My client pays for it. And I, you know, I'd rather just make sure that both of us are taken care of. So, so what's the next one? The last one's experience. And, and that's a little bit more straightforward. Like, do they actually have the skills that you need? Do they know how to use the tools that you need them to do? Like if, if you're, the way that I like to view experience is, you don't want to train people on multiple levels. Like let's say you want to hire a, an Amazon customer service rep, virtual assistant. You don't want to have to teach them Amazon and then teach them customer service and then teach them how to do customer service for your business. You want to find someone who already knows Amazon, already has customer service experience, and you're just training them on that last piece. So you want to kind of break it down into levels and make sure that you're just getting them that last piece in there. And I think that's the part that, that a lot of people miss or they're just not clear enough what tools they use, what, what is actually important and not important to the roles. Because there's certain things like, I don't have a great example at the top of my head. Like if someone doesn't know some small tool, you can teach them that, no big deal. Like that's not gonna mean that you're not gonna hire them. But in other cases, if they don't know, going back to the graphic design example, if all your stuff is in Photoshop and they don't know Photoshop, that might be a huge hassle. Or if they don't have a Mac and all your stuff requires software that requires a Mac. So there's small details like that, that, that you need to make sure you're on the same page with before you move forward. I like that you use the Photoshop example. That was something that I was thinking of as you were saying that, like we, we had that situation once we're like, all right, so, you know, Adobe, right. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's a good brand. And we're like, cool. Like here, edit this thing that we need. And they couldn't do it. And yet they said that they were proficient in Photoshop. I don't know if they had a different definition of proficient than we did, but that is where 
the job did not work out. You, you want someone who also has just been a virtual assistant for a while. I remember with free up, like that was one of our criteria because being a virtual assistant is not for everyone. A lot of people think they want to be a virtual assistant and, and Sheila knows this until they actually are one and they're not good at time management or they don't like the inconsistency or they can't deal with clients and diff- having different personalities or whatever it is. So we don't want someone who's experience, who's trying to experiment being a virtual assistant with me for the first time. I might invest a lot of time into them only for them to figure out, hey, I actually want to go back to being a nurse. We want someone who's been a VA for a while, regardless of whether I hire them, they're going to keep being a VA. And that's what they're planning on doing for the foreseeable future. And that'll also help with the turnover. Because like you said, there's so many people who want to be a VA. And several months into it, they realize that being a VA can be very similar to be being quote, an employee, or, you know, working for the man, because basically, that's what you are doing. You you can set your own rules and your own standards and things that, that you want to do, but you're still working for the man, right? You still have other people that you have to rely on, on a regular, sometimes hourly basis. So my next question for you, I'm going to kind of throw this out there, because I know that you can answer this question for us, is I get this question asked a lot. People will tell me, how do I even know if I'm ready for a virtual assistant? And how the heck do I get ready? How do I know what the experience is? How do I know the communication, that kind of thing? I mean, starting point, you need to have a budget. We have a, a free VA calculator. If you go to outsourceschool.com slash VA calculator, you can download that. And I mean, there's a lot of people that try to hire VAs and they don't know how many they can afford. So the cool thing is you can plug in information about your business and it'll spit out, hey, you can afford a VA for 20 hours a week or three full-time VAs. Remember, you don't have to hire every VA full-time. It can be part-time, whatever. So that's step one. Step two is having systems that you actually know how to do. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong because there's three different levels of people you can hire. You've got followers, you've got doers, and you've got experts. So followers are what I consider virtual assistants, usually five to 10 bucks an hour. That's if they're non-US, if they're US, they're they're more, Um, but they're there to follow your systems, your process. If you don't know how to do something, you can't just hire a VA and say, I don't know how to run Facebook ads, go run my Facebook ads. That's usually not going to work out for you. Then you've got the doers who are like the, the specialists, the graph designers, the writers, the video editors, You're not teaching a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer. They do that eight hours a day, um, but they're not consulting with you either. They're there to do that one task. And the experts bring the strategy, the expertise to the table. Think hiring a consultant, hiring a marketing agency um, and all of that. So with the followers, it's very important that you have a business that's up and running with systems and processes. If you have never answered a customer service email yet in your business, you probably can't hire a customer service rep. So that's really the first two steps is identifying how much can I really afford and what tasks do I have that I know how to do? Yes, I can make them better. I can systemize them more, but I could at least do those tasks myself. Yeah, again, Sheila's an expert at this. You're an expert at this. So I keep going like, oh, this is such great information. Thank you. I'm sure our listeners uh, are going to love that information too because that's something that I never even thought about is those different kind of levels of who you're hiring. And I like that you've kind of categorized them again. Again, it was follower and then expert. Yeah, follower, doer, expert. Follower, doer, expert. Okay, cool. 
One of the yeah. things, whenever someone asks me that question, I always tell them to do is like systems and processes, man, at the messy back end, that's like our foundation. <laughs> like you, if you don't have your systems in place, your back end is going to be a mess and you need to have that anyway. But if you have those things in place where you can hire someone and send them to that training page or that uh, training video or the steps that they need to do, and you've got all that worked out in your SOPs, it's going to be a million times easier to hire and to find the right person and find out, do you need a follower, a doer, or an expert? So I think you do that at Outsource School. I, I love that you've built this because I've thought about it many times myself. I thought, man, somebody really should build something like this to teach it because I teach the class. But tell us about Outsource School and how it works and um, give us a little bit also of background of how you came to start this. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I was a, a longtime Amazon seller that had a lot of success out of my college dorm room, but really struggled to hire because college kids were super unreliable. So that kind of led me into the virtual assistant world out of necessity, hired my first virtual assistant, saw it as a solution if I could just figure out how to have a good hiring process. And I spent years developing a step-by-step -step hiring process that would consistently hire rock stars and keep them around for the long term. And when we finally figured it out, our life changed forever. We started another company called FreeUp. We scaled it to eight figures in four years. We were acquired at the end of 2019. And once we sold that, people started asking us, how did we do it? How did we set up this entire eight-figure business run with just virtual assistants? No office, no US employees, just 35 remote VAs in the Philippines handling all day-to-day -day operations. So we created this membership called Outsource School. It's 97 bucks a month or 997 for the year where you get access to all of our systems, all of our processes from interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing to setting up different roles in your team. And we release a, a new training every single month, how to hire sales VAs, lead generation VAs, podcast outreach, everything that you can imagine done with VAs. And we're really growing this community. We have 600 plus members now. Uh, we have a cool software that's included along with some other bonuses and, and live coaching calls and stuff like that. Um, but people can learn more about by going to outsourceschool.com. I think I met you before FreeUp happened, or maybe you were maybe in the middle of it. And I was actually an affiliate for FreeUp for a while. And I hired some VAs from there myself. And what I saw was just this totally automatic system that was slick. Everything went so smoothly. And so I was kind of bummed when you, when I saw that you sold it, but then I saw that you're building outsource school, which the platform provides a way for people to write their SOPs or you have SOP templates and things like that. Like outsource school is more than just, Hey, do I need a VA? It's you need one. Here's how to do it. Here's how to put it in place. There's exactly every single step that you need to do there. It's really just a one-stop shop. Yeah. So Connor and I actually own a software company called Simply SOP. If you go to simplysop.com, it's a tool that we created to really build SOPs and share them with your remote team. And what we've done is you can go to Simply SOP and just get the software. But if you join Outsource School, we include it for free with our members. So yeah, Outsource School covers everything from what interview questions to ask, to how you set expectations with onboarding, to how you train them to really solid SOPs and train up different roles because hiring a customer service rep is different than hiring someone for, for lead generation. And then once you have this VA, how do you keep them in, in place and reduce turnover and set up bonus and raise programs and handle issues and everything that kind of goes into that management category. So we're, we're very hands-on. We, my, my team actually creates a, a custom roadmap for people to, to go through our trainings and our, our content and help build the team of their own. And yes, the, the, the software component, the, the SOP component is a big part of that.
BRB, going to outsourceschool.com. Ooh. You guys need to go here. It's fantastic. I'm going to have to try this out. No, you I mean, are. Like, it's crazy. I, absolutely. I think you just uh, solved all my problems in life, Nathan. <laughs> At least all of the problems with me not being able to do enough. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that's fantastic that not only did you go, okay, here's this, your own basically systems earlier you said college students are unreliable so you found a solution to that and then i'm sure you were going through and being like how do i organize all these people well let me just create a solution for that too and you created a software for that and it's just i love that it's brilliant Uh, you just come up with these solutions that other people didn't figure out or they might have figured out but they didn't care to share and you've created the solution to help people grow. And I commend you for that. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. I mean, that's really why I enjoy being an entrepreneur, like pushing baby products on Amazon was fun at first. It was exciting. It was my first adventure, but you weren't really solving world problems there. So uh, creating free up and outsource school and simply SOP, it's been a lot of fun creating solutions for myself that at the same time are the same problems that other entrepreneurs have. and, And that's part of the fun of it. When I was thinking about doing this myself, I was like, man, people ask me to write their SOPs all the time or to to train them about their SOPs. And every time I go in the back of somebody's business, I'm like, where's your processes? Nobody has them. I mean, come come on, start with E-Myth, read the book, find out why you have to do it. Then go talk to Nathan because he's got all of these pieces in place. I was so relieved actually to see that you did it because I actually just send people over to you. Like, I'm not going to spend the time doing it when Nathan's already perfected it and he knows it's work. So it's tried, true and tested. And um, I can give you my personal review on, on the software and on the, the platforms that Nathan has built are slick and brilliant, super easy to use, intuitive, smart, clean. You know, some places will have give you too much and, and it over, is overwhelming, but that's definitely not something that you guys have built. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I mean, w- when we sold the company, we didn't know um, what we were going to do next. We spent the, the first part of last year uh, figuring it out and, and we kind of had this idea of outsource school. And just because you sell a company doesn't mean every idea you come up with is going to be a good one. So we tested it out and we took it to market and people seem to like it. So we, we added more to it and it's been a fun ride. Well, thanks for being on the show, Nate. Remind us again. So it's Outsource School, Simply SOP and free up with three E's if you're looking for that to go higher out on the marketplace, correct? Yeah, I think the new owners got rid of the third E. So it's freeup.net with two E's or, or freeup.com with three E's, but either one works. Oh, got you. Okay. So we will make sure that that's on your um, episode notes for sure. The three of those, is kind of the perfect trifecta for hiring and building a virtual team. Nathan, thanks for coming on the show today. You shared so much information, at least for me, I've already learned so much. Um, it's, I, we always joke around the episodes where I'm quieter. It's because I'm just like absorbing all of this brilliant information and you just gave such a plethora of wonderful insight. So thank you so much for being on our show today. Uh, I appreciate all of your knowledge that you brought. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time, Nathan. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Messy Backend. We know, we know you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes Women's Network where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. 
Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. That's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Backend. I'm Ella Glasgow, the general contractor of virtual events, founder of Beyond Virtual Events, where we create done-for-you, stress-free virtual events. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my backend is getting clearer with every episode. I can tell you from my experience that keeping a solid eye on our mission to pull up on the greatness in people has been a key to the success of our business. Join us again next week as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you're not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. I apologize. Um, Sorry, I have to cut this part out. Um, So that's going to be on the bloopers. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you would like to submit your story or question for our experts, give us a call at 801. I don't know why my voice is weird. I don't have the code. I would suggest taking a sip of water, clearing your throat, and then yeah. doing that last yeah, one again. Because yeah. about three sentences in, you sounded like an old witch I that know. is dying. I feel like it. Are you sure? sure? People are like thinking they're going to get the COVID on virtual meetings now. <laughs> I mean, it's possible because the viruses can go to the computer virus, then the computer <laughs> virus can transform and back into the human virus. You I bet. took science. I watched Bill Nye once. Cool. Questions? I have a question. I have an answer. Nathan, you got to find a wonderful partner, if you don't, who is like (laughs) Sheila and is just on top of things, even when I don't even know how to read. But I think there might be a small delay. Every once in a while, just pause and we'll, you know, throw something in there. It doesn't seem delayed from my end, so Nathan and I will just have our own conversation. Well, let me... Oh, we already scared him away. A little bit. I'm ready when you guys are.